0: Hello guys, welcome back to the show Not another feminist rant Let's resume our discussion Now I have an important question Which I want to ask you guys What is the role of men in this movement? We have certain privileges over women Which I am sure I I will not deny that fact But how can we men help support this cause? What is our role? Yes, Pritesh
1: So, the thing is you will see in societies that conservative people who are a bit terrified by the noble ideas of feminism when you try to make them understand the concept they're a bit reluctant to accept even though the points are quite logical okay and if these arguments come from a woman oh, that's a completely different scenario if a woman tries to convince a man about the ideas of feminism about the which are completely logical And if the man is highly conservative uh, in in the context of equal rights among men and women, a different aspect of the man's psychology will get hurt, which is what we call as ego. And that will defeat the entire purpose of teaching that man. Now the man will shift the entire focus to a different aspect. So on an individual level, men can get more convinced if the surrounding men are better than them. There's a peer pressure. Involved. What we know, this is a this is a completely legitimate psychological phenomenon called peer pressure. If more men become uh, liberal and start accepting the ideas of feminism, then the men who are reluctant to be so, they will face the problem of peer pressure, because initially there the number of such men who will accept the ideas of feminism will be low. Then this number will increase. Gradually, it will spread like an infection. And if you will not join the group, you will be excluded from the group. There's an evolutionary fear involved. And that that's why if gradually uh, we will have to take measures, encourage the men uh, around us to build peer pressure around the men who are a bit conservative, to convert them from obviously non-feminist, oppressive, from believing in feminist ideas.
2: Thank you.
0: Let's hear from Hrithika.
2: Yeah, Sugandan. So I would like to frame this in a simple words, like support them to achieve the goals. And don't keep any kind of stereotypes about women because we might think that stereotypes doesn't affect, but in reality, it does a lot. Even a single stereotype, like it might not be related to the career or anything. But what I want to say is, just don't pre things and help them to achieve their things. That's all.
0: Uh, How do we uh, help, like you are telling us to help you, but how do you exactly want us to help Because it it seems kind of vague. If you give us like, do this, 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 yes, we will have like a direction or a target to work.
2: Like, provide them a proper (laughs) platform. When I was a kid, I actually wanted to have a proper career in the basketball. But, I mean, in my school, there is no girls basketball team. And I asked a few of my teachers and everyone, but they couldn't show the path where i can achieve it so make few platforms where we can easily approach and you know know the career paths and everything maybe indirectly or directly but you know you have to create more awareness about all of the things that okay even now we can do this so
3: i guess
0: yes uh, you you have given me a lot thank you yes Parachita, let's hear from you
3: i would like to direct my point towards the people who are progressive to the men who uh, identify themselves as feminists and they say stuff like yes i allow my wife to work till 10 at night or they say stuff like yes i allowed my wife to work even after having her first child so my only message to them is you did not allow your wife and you're nobody to allow her she is doing it on her own choice and on her own will And she has absolutely every right to do that. So if you are identifying yourself as a feminist or if you think that you're progressive, then get your facts straight first. And um, I know that there are no parents here, but uh, maybe like as future parents, there is a message for everyone that uh, instead of making, you know, being protective of your uh, child, obviously we have to be very protective of everyone who is around us. And that is human nature, but instead of, you know, protecting your girl from people who are obviously dangerous or risky or the outside society. Maybe uh, teach her to, uh, you know, fight against it and learn how to grow, not just your girls, but also teach your boys how to grow up as a good human being and how to respect other people's opinions and views and everything. So it all comes down to respecting each other as humans first and then anything like gender or race or everything comes later first we should start respecting each other as humans so yeah that's all i had to say
0: what would you like to add on my uh,
3: as you
4: were asking how can men help this movement to grow i think for men in general the most important thing to do is to understand that this movement benefits them you know if more women are coming forward that is if all genders are sharing the responsibilities it is less work for them it is good for their mental health it is in general it it makes their life better so i think more men need to understand that feminism is not something that is to like take away their rights for them but rather feminism is something which is trying to like give them a better life and for anybody who's trying to support feminism anybody irrespective of gender i would like to say that Some of the most important things to do are, you cannot you cannot like be somebody who is a transphobe or a homophobe and then come and say that you support feminism. You cannot be casteist and say that you support feminism. Or you cannot be someone who is all for hoarding up of nuclear weapons and then say that you support feminism. Feminism is something which is extremely political. So yes, of course, you have to understand the ways different things that affect the society. You have to like read up you have to understand and most importantly you have to take a side you cannot you cannot be for you cannot stand for the measures of oppression that are not directly affecting women and then say that you are a feminist. If you are a feminist you have to stand for a good life with dignity for everyone be that anyone from any gender, any part of the world, any race, anything. Yes yeah, that's what I wanted to say.
0: Yes Gautam.
5: What I would like to say is a simple, but I think an important point is that uh, what role men have in this movement, like when feminism started out, it was, you know, uh, it was uh, mainly based on the fact that, you know, men are taking away women's rights, men are being so oppressive. So, uh, what I just want to say is that if men stand up for feminism, just support feminism, I mean, they, and they should, and when they, and when they do that, it has, you know, a really huge impact because the guys uh, the people who, against whom you are oppressing, they are only they are understanding what you are doing, and then you know what your movement is all about, and they are willing to you know help you in achieving your aims. So, if men stand up for feminism, then then it has a really you know profound impact, and that will accelerate the movement really faster. So, yeah, so that's what I wanted to say.
1: I wanted to raise a question here because I myself am not sure whether this statement is correct or not in the current stage of societal evolution. The thing is, see, linguistics and semantics, they play a very important role uh, in society. They frame your reality, in terms speaking, scientifically. Okay? So if the core ideas of feminism are to ensure equality among all the human beings, is it the right time? I, I don't know if it is the right time or not. Or does there exist a point of time in future where feminism will have to start calling itself humanism. I wanted to pose this question to everyone. Do you think there exists a point of time in future, or if this is that point of time, where we change the linguistics itself? Because words have a very deep impact on people's thoughts.
5: Yeah, I can reply with an affirmative that yes, if it has to be done, then it has to be done because what is important is the principle. What, I mean, yes, words do have words do have an impact, and if it is not coinciding with the underlying principle, then underlying principle, then we have to change the words so that you know we can send the message out properly to people about what the movement really is and what our aim really is. So yes. So
0: do you suppose we change feminism to shamanism?
5: When the time is yes, sugar. Okay. Please, Maya Rakshi, tell us, what do you have to
4: say? Um, even if we have to change the terminology from feminism to humanism, now is definitely not the time. That time might come many, many years later. Yeah, terminology does have an impact, but when the movement started, that time it had been focusing only on women, because that time we didn't see gender as a spectrum. That time we only knew that there are men and there are women. There are only two kinds of genders we didn't know that there are that gender is a spectrum now we know that gender is a spectrum so now we are taking into consideration the equality for other genders also that doesn't mean that women are you know living the best life or women have got all their rights or like they are equal equal in the sense it's not even about equality it's about living with dignity in every aspect it's not that the goal has been achieved if that goal is achieved then okay, then maybe we could say that the term be changed to humanism. But right now is definitely not the time for that. That's all I wanted to say.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next question. See, the idea of feminism is really beautiful. Yes, you know, a world in which all of us are equal. You know, there's no domination or, you know, uh, there's no like group of people are inferior or other people are superior. There's nothing like that. But as the moment turned out, how it was intended to be, I mean, we have seen many representations of the moment, and uh, I mean, uh, many representatives of the women who have and are misusing the moment and destroying many people's life outside, you know. Whatever their actions, whatever they do, some people, specific set of feminists, are using the moment to justify their actions, their wrong actions. As the moment turned out, how it, it actually intended to be
6: actually i wanted a uh, uh, like clarity in it uh what kind of thing were you actually trying to say uh like how was it uh,
0: like for example i'll give you uh, i'll tell you this uh, you've heard of serena williams right not long back but uh, she was she's the best women's uh, tennis player okay so john McEnroe was asked uh, like if we had men and women you know combined together and if we had like a tennis tournament what would her rank be like she's women number one what would she be in the rank list of the comp in the common rank list and he said she would be around 700 and then the panel in which he was talking the women over there and the men were like oh come on she's the she's the best women player how can you say that and then she started getting angry uh, and then many people started getting outrageous at her and then one more incident was when she, uh, it, it was like it's like he is undermining a woman, and this started a lot of backlash on John McEnroe. And then when she was on uh, playing on court against another f- female uh, tennis player, the thing is she started losing a lot of points, and she started overreacting, you know, breaking certain rules like abusing the um, uh, the uh, umpire, breaking her rackets and all. And when the umpire gave her a warning or gave her a violation, she started misusing her power, like, I am a mother, I wouldn't lie, something, I'm a feminist. feminist. I would make sure that you are not present in the court in the, where I play my match, you know. She's misusing her support, her uh, the strength she has. Yeah. There are many such instances that has happened. Many, ma- Many men have been falsely accused of crimes which they haven't been by certain feminists in India. And their lives have been destroyed.
3: Uh, yes, so Yes, I completely agree with you, actually. Like, uh, these specific sections of feminists, as I've also mentioned before, they are called feminazis or feminarcissists, right? So the thing is, coming from a feminist, I, if I believe that I'm a feminist, uh, coming from a feminist, I'm telling you, every feminist would hate people like these. Like we do not uh, we do not support these women. Our cause and our purpose is not same with theirs, right. So uh, I'll just give a very small example uh, to enlighten my point to show that uh, there is another side of the coin as well. Uh, recently, not recently like I think two or three years back in Kolkata, uh, Amity, uh, a girl falsely accused a boy of uh, you know te- of teasing her and uh, maybe raping her I'm not sure exactly what happened. But uh, then she asked some of her male friends to go and beat up that guy. And uh, when the police came and investigation started, she obviously, all her friends started going like, yeah, she's a woman and she has her rights. And they were interrupting the police from doing their usual interrogation and uh, investigation. Because they were like, yeah, she's a woman, why would she lie? Just like you said, that she was misusing her, you know, misusing her identity as a woman. Obviously that was very sad to see but then uh, I remember like some of my seniors who were in Amity uh, they told us and they were also there in the protest which were happening against that girl because they knew what had happened. They knew that the guy was uh, not at fault at all and they started protesting against the girl. Yes, the girl definitely came up with a lot of you know, wrong abuses. She uh, tried to go on the internet and uh, uh, spread false rumors about that specific uh, section of people who are protesting against her that uh, they are not feminists they uh, do not believe in feminism etc but the truth is at the end the girl was given some you know the boy was not executed he was not uh, sorry not executed the boy was not uh jailed and the girl was given some warnings yeah true that uh, she deserved a little more than just warnings but uh, in the end the interrogation was successful and the protest did help in uh, silencing a feminazi. So I think it's true that uh, people like her and many people like Serena Williams, they misuse the identity, their identity as a feminist and their identity as a woman. But I think it is a responsibility of a normal human being to first analyze the situation in which they are going to pass their judgment, right? Like before you jump into the situation and take sides, you need to analyze it and you need to understand what has happened. You need to go deep into it. You cannot just pass a judgment. That is like, then that would actually, you know, make you less of a human. So I think people like them exist and we have to coexist with them. And we need to, uh, you know, we need to grow up and we need to understand every situation we are in. So, yeah.
0: Thank you, Borucheta. But how do you propose we deal with such people? I mean, even though the end result was in favour of the boy, as you said in your example, but in the process, he must have went through a very, very traumatic experience. Obviously, uh, the damage is done. Right? So, we can. how do you think we can approach this?
3: So, I think it all comes down to what we think uh, is right or wrong. And uh, one more thing I would like to add is, there is this thing, like recently it has just overgrown like anything, media trial. We should stop media trial. Like we are nobody to pass judgments as such. Maybe the girl is in the wrong, maybe the boy is in the wrong. We are nobody to judge that. Let the law and order take place. Let them do their work. And uh, yes, definitely, if we feel that the judgment is not incorrect, then we go, we take it to higher courts and that thing happens. And like you said that the damage was done, Well, in many cases when the, you know, a woman is raped and uh, she press charges against the guy who rapes her and maybe the guy is from a financially wealthier section of the society and they keep, you know, diverting the case the woman also goes through a lot of damage. So this damage that you're talking about this happens to anybody uh, and especially in India where the law and order is so flawed. So in India, a country like India this damage happens to everyone who goes through this, right? So it's not just about the man or the woman. It's about what uh, they believe in and it's about what they know, uh, what we know the truth is.
0: Thank you. Yes, Josh. Uh, I
6: just want to like uh, add to the reference that Parijita said, putting aside the sad fact that isolated incident happened, uh, but when we look at the other side, like a small bright side of the incident, uh, Indian law actually favors women more to end the historical uh, discrimination that happened, uh, like as a uh, remedy to it, uh, like uh, to voice uh, the in the uh, situation in which uh, like marital rapes were initially like normalized. And in that kind of situation, the uh, in Indian law, uh, it is actually kind of favoring women. So these incidents, when they become public, they actually when we look at the small bright side, it actually uh, shows light that Indian law actually uh, favors women. Uh, the uh, the verdict of uh, like a woman um, is valued more than uh, what the man sees. Okay, thank you. Yes, Prateesh. Well, uh, like, okay, these incidents are quite
1: isolated, but the thing is, see, isolated incidents become examples. Examples start chain reactions, and this leads to terrible things. So we can't just deal people as statistical figures. Okay, and this applies in every scenario. I see people talking similarly in the case of this pandemic that. Uh, okay large number of people died that's fine because that's what pandemics do we can't treat people like statistics okay the thing is uh these isolated incidents happen and as a matter of fact they're not that much isolated if you start noting down the frequency across the world okay there has been a misuse of this power a lot and that basically comes from as i uh, explain as i mentioned in our uh, discussion. Uh, last time that basically comes from your identification process. If you just if you don't identify yourself with a philosophy, things are going to be problematic. Had Serena Williams would have identified herself with the philosophy of feminism rather than just being a female these things would not have happened. I believe a true feminist is the person who identify herself, who, who identify himself or herself and that's just the uh, limitation of the English language that there does not exist any other word to mention people from other genders. Any person who identifies himself or himself with the philosophy of feminism, rather than their gender or their body or their intelligence or their social status, is a true feminist. Whenever you will see such incidents, I request people not to neglect those incidents, but let those incidents become example. Let those incidents. Become example to make you think every time, every single second. Am I still conform, am I still identifying myself to the philosophy? Or has my mental constitution changed to identifying myself with something lower than that? We can't ignore these incidents. We have to use these incidents as examples to examine ourselves, our own thinking process. True feminist will always examine himself or herself. Or themselves, as Parichita pointed out.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you, Prateesh. Okay, guys. Now we are at a last question. How can the feminism movement improve? Or, in other words, how can we all help improve the impact this movement has? This is this is a very good moment. This is something which should happen. How can we improve the impact the movement has? Like, for example. You know, we can uh, include uh, include this in our school curriculum, and children, uh, and educate children at a very young age, so that they don't grow up and you know be influenced wrongly by different people, by people with different views or false views. What do you guys have to say about this,
3: Yes, actually, like you said that uh, we should include this in the school curriculum. I think we should start with teaching parents about this first. Because they come to school we teach them stuff they go back home and their parents tell them some other stuff so I think we should start from there
0: yes that is true but uh, I want to ask you a question I mean yes we have to educate the parents but let's say there's a 40 uh, 40 year old man and let's say he's been he's grown up his entire life you know with the mindset that women are inferior to him he's the man of the house okay uh, he he is, uh, like whatever he says, his wife should obey and then one day we go to him and say your whole life is a lie. You shouldn't live like this. This isn't how you should it. What you're saying is right. But How do you think that man will take this? Yeah, how will he process this? Can you tell me? Let's say I tell you like your whole life is a lie. Let's say in a different context. Like, if I tell you Parashita, like your whole life is a lie. Your life is supposed to be like this. How would you react? How um, can we yeah.
3: We'll um, yeah see so there are like i would say there are two type of people uh one who is ignorant they do not understand a lot of things and uh, they are easy to you know convince because we can talk to them uh they are not stubborn and we talk to them we tell them we give them facts and they're like okay maybe i should have not thought along this line maybe you're right so uh if the parent is like that cool nice uh, but what if the in the scenario that you are given, so definitely this father who thinks that uh, he is superior to his wife, he also believes that his male child will be superior to his female child. And maybe he would ask, uh, you know, torturous female child, like child abuse happens in a lot of homes, right? So uh, what would you do in such a scenario? Is this a scenario where you go and explain things to the person? No, right? It is a scenario where you take steps against you straight away take steps against i know in india it is uh, like a far-fetched dream even now is like, uh, taking the custody of a child like that from a father or a mother it, it's it's near to impossible but it's not like it doesn't happen right and in most of the most parts of the world this thing is very much prevalent so yeah in your scenario this father who is extremely arrogant And who thinks that uh, he is the god to this family or something. So in these cases, obviously, we cannot make them sit down and explain things to them. We we cannot have a conversation with these people. They are not ignorant. They are basically, you know, dumb, I'd say. So, I'm sorry if that's a bit rude, but it's true. So, yeah.
0: Uh, What he said is correct. Uh, Yes, Maya Rakshi.
3: Uh, I just wanted to
4: say that if people learn people can also unlearn. Like you were saying about the elderly people who have lived all their life believing in notions like women are inferior or that gender is a binary. How would they unlearn it at this point of time or at this age when they're like about 50 or 60? Like they are 50 or 60, they have seen Phones evolved from the little Nokia phones to the smartphones or tablets that we use now. They have learned how to use Facebook. They have figured out how to use Instagram. If they could adapt to so many changes, I think they can definitely, that too has taken an effort on their part, right? To like to keep up with the technological changes that have taken, then definitely they can also try to understand these changes that have come up. They could also try to like, you know, be more tolerant towards the new ideas, if they could adapt to all these technological changes, they can also unlearn all the old oppressive ideas that they have lived with all their lives. That's all I wanted to say, thank you. Yes, thank you. Nitesh?
1: Yeah, Sugandhan. so So, uh, given the assumption that the child is growing up in a nuclear society, which is statistically speaking, the infrastructure of most uh, families these days, a nuclear family, sorry, not nuclear society, nuclear family. Uh, The child is living in a nuclear family, which most of today's families are, and assuming that you are living in a democratic function, a democratic nation, I believe that a step which can tremendously increase the impact of the values promoted by feminism is the inclusion of of a third institution when it comes to authority over a child as a point of as, a, uh, as at this point of time by law it is stated that the child is the property of the father and the mother okay uh, they get, they they are the first like uh, before the child becomes an adult and uh, especially in its beginning years uh, it's sort of a property of the uh, father and the mother i'd say let's include a third institution here the state we already have examples from history USSR uh, made child a property of the state. I'm not uh, giving the complete authority here, because see, we have examples from two extremes. We have countries like India, where the complete authority of uh, authority over the ownership of the child is between the parents, and we have another example, USSR, where the complete authority over the ownership of the child is the state. Let's let's. In, uh, I would say that a system where there is a balanced Authority over the ownership of the child between the state and the parents that will result into a better inclusion, better transfer of values to the child till the child grows up obviously after a certain period of time the individual is not a property of anyone but till a certain age I think there should be three institutions father, mother and the state given that you are you're living in a nuclear family and the state is democratic that these three should form a triangle of authority, of ownership. That in that way, things will be much better.
0: Thank you so much, views. Thank you guys all for joining us today. It was a lovely and a worthwhile discussion. I would like to thank everyone who had taken their time to make it to our show. We would actually love to have you guys in our future shows too. And most importantly, thank you for listening to our show today. Not another feminist fan. If you like what you're listening to, please share it with your friends and families. And make sure you follow us on Spotify at Campus Spotlight, the official radio station of IIT Palakkad. On that note, this is Sugandha Ness signing off and I'll catch you guys next time.